the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mister. Com. On WEI. Dolphins week. This uh, should have been one of the biggest games of the Patriots season with you know AFC East opponent, top of the division, wild card implications. But unfortunately, uh, I think the Patriots' playoff hopes are slim to none, and therefore they're playing the role of spoiler. Well, did you, before we get going into our little uh, analysis, did you want to update the percentages? Uh, yes. Uh, as of now, the Patriots have a 2% chance of making the playoffs, and if they win against the Dolphins, that just goes up to 4%. So it did not go up with the Raiders' loss? Nope. That did not affect it, even though the Raiders are one of the teams that are ahead of them? Right. Hmm. So they're really floundering. They don't... Yeah, this, this path is really just a... Very, very small, small thing. Well, and it, I mean, it basically hinges now, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the guy who follows all of these things more closely than I do. A, it hinges on the Patriots have to win out. So really that's the game to circle. Yes. Right? Okay. That, that's number one. Okay. And, you, and the game to circle on that is the Bills game. Like, they're the team that's better than you, higher than you in the standings, division, all that. Well, and then, right. And then the other part is the Ravens. Like, the Ravens need to lose, too. Yes. More so the Ravens because their schedule is so easy. Right. Because they, they beat the Browns, which was the losable game of their last four. Right. Now it's the uh, – who is it? The Giants, the Jaguars, and the Bengals? Yes. Yeah. So All teams that are also known as, like, top ten draft picks. <laughs> yeah. So, good, good luck having two losses there. Okay. So – the Patriots are they, – They could also have – I think the Colts have to lose out. The Colts could lose out. The uh, Browns could lose out. Then you could find a way to get in there. Anything could happen, I guess. I mean, they, I know. they're still mathematically eligible, but realistically they are ineligible. Right. Okay. And like you said at the top, it all hinges on them winning all three games, and we have our doubts that's going to happen. But I will say – I feel better about their chances this week than I have in a while, and then normally I might in a trip to Miami. No? Yes? I actually do, too. Now, what, why is that for you? Well, I don't think the Dolphins are all that good. I think these two teams, their record, there's a little bit of a divide in their record. Yep. But I think they're very similar in terms of their, their middling-level teams that the Patriots already won the head-to-head matchup between these two middling-level teams. Yep. And – they have a young quarterback who we are we know it is what it is Belichick's success against rookie quarterbacks like it goes back almost a decade so it's a thing that you have to acknowledge I know Bill doesn't want to do it but it's it's a real thing so and I also think a real thing is the Patriots struggles in Miami over the years but if I were going to value one of those two things more highly Bill's success against rookie QBs or the Patriots in Miami I think I would value Bill's success against rookie QBs more. Absolutely. Okay, so you get a chance to win. I'm not saying you're going to win. It's going to hinge on a very simple thing. Same as it hinged on last week. You can't turn the ball over through something. Yeah, it's turnovers. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, the Dolphins live and die off turnovers. And my other thing here is the Dolphins have really one impressive win, maybe two. It's the NFC West. It's the Cardinals. It's the Rams. Otherwise, they've just beaten 
the Bengals and the Jets and you're right, which I give them credit for. Like I, I joked about this on um, my main radio hit this morning, WJAB friends of the show. Jesus, maybe that's them calling for a second hit. Christ Christmas almighty. The phone's been ringing off the effing hook all morning for me here. I don't like the phone. It's Christmas time. They're trying to sell you some stuff. Jesus Christ. Um, probably not supposed to say that at Christmas time. Probably not. <laughs> um, so, like, the Patriots are 6-7, and seven, but they could legitimately finish 500. Yes. And the Dolphins are 8-5, and five, but I quite frankly think they could legitimately finish 500, lose out. Valid, yep. Eight and eight is a good season in Miami for Brian Flores. Yes, they will continue their building trend, yes. Eight and eight is not a good season in New England for Bill Belichick. Given the circumstances, I think fans would take it. They're going to have to take it, but it's not a good season. It doesn't build any momentum. It's not like you take away it as a well, the, part of the positive the, process. It, well, the only difference is, is the Patriots have a veteran quarterback. Miami has a rookie quarterback that you can sell yourself as he's building and growing. We're getting better, whereas the Patriots, we have a, a former MVP and finished 8-8. Eight and eight. No, but to me, the biggest difference is expectation. You're expected to make yeah. the playoffs in New England. You're expected to win double-digit games. You're expected to be good. In Miami, you're hoping for progression, and you're hoping you have your coach and quarterback of the future. Yes. Okay. So – but the teams are kind of in a similar spot, and, and that, but they're going to be viewed differently. Like, you can feel good about Brian Flores and, you know, the teardown of early last season and the buildup now late last year and whatever this year is. So I just – but I think I feel better about this game than I expected to feel about this game coming into this game and even coming off their ugliest – Games of the year? Yeah, ugliest road loss of the year. I don't – well, the only thing that I question it, like, do you think the Patriots, like, get up for this game? Like, do you think that they, you know, put forth their best effort? I'm not saying they're not going to try, but just, like, coming off the bad loss, seeing their playoff chances be so low, like, do they get up for this game and go down to Miami and, you know, give a good performance? Look at you being a good host, because that's a segue into, I think, the other thing we want to talk about is just where the Patriots are right now in sort of a 30,000-foot view or, like, a uh, morale view or what they're accomplishing view. Um, and I posted a column this morning about culture. Um, I want to thank Jason Kelsey, the center for the Eagles, who I'm sorry, to me, are, point. yeah, like when he went on his, I won't call it a rant, but sort of an emotional answer this week about, you know, playing to win and culture and winning cultures. And, you know, it's not about tanking for draft picks. It's not about, um, you know, seeing players or evaluating you put, like, he literally could have been talking about the Patriots, Jarrett Stidham, the quarterback situation, everything. And I don't know, maybe I'm a sucker. Maybe I'm an absolute sucker, but I've kind of bought into this idea that Bill does truly value culture above all, and Lawrence Guy truly does believe this is not a bunch of quitters, and Lawrence Guy is sort of the Patriots version or one of them of Jason Kelsey and it doesn't matter if you're 0-15. If you have one more game, you put everything you have into trying to win that game and play that game. And I have. I Call me a sucker. Maybe I'm a sap. Maybe it's the holiday spirit in me, but I'm buying into it. No, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, just look at the guys they have. Like, Devin McCourty spoke about it this week, too, saying that, like, he, he's in his whatever year in the league, 10th, 11th year in the league, doesn't know how many games he has left, so why would you not, you know, go all in for one of these games? Like, I, 
just the, the guys that they have on this roster, it's not like they have a lot of, like, diva attitude guys that are going to really be paying attention to, oh, we have 2% chance of the playoffs. Like, they're going to be thinking about their January plans. No, I, I think they have a good core. And even their young guys, I, I think their attitudes kind of echo the rest of the team. And it, it, I, it, I tell this to my kids all the time. Like, if you're going to do something, if you're going to waste your time, like, if you're going to take your time to do something, why not just do it like right, like the, the best way? Like otherwise you're wasting time and then there's a chance you're going to have to redo it. Like I say that to them stupid things, like yeah. my son's chore of like picking up the poop in the backyard that the dog left. Well, if you do it half-ass and I go out there and I see there's little pieces of poop here and there, do it again. you're going to have to go out again. So it's only you you're hurting. Like you're, you're going to now be playing Madden and invested in your video game because you thought your chores were done. And I'm going to say, shut the damn game off and get your ass out there and pick up the rest of the poop. Like, and I know like that's a Julian Edelman. I've heard him talk about his dad talking about those types of things. And I do think these guys that are invested in this season and don't know what next season brings are going to do that, are legitimately going to play it out with with the effort and the preparation and that you would expect them to. Now again, that doesn't mean they'll win because I'm not sure. No, and even the like effort's never been in a question for this team this year. Well, we've talked about it at times like it's not been an overarching theme. No. It's been like a few things here or there, not it's not like an an overall team thing. Right. And and even Slater there was a game he kind of questioned late in the game effort or investment, but Yes, for the most part, for the year in its totality, I don't think anybody went with like a, uh, we don't have Tom Brady and we're two and five, so might as well just kind of pack it in. Right. Um, and so I think that's a good thing. I think there's value in that. Um, you know, you talk about it all the time, whether it's a new college coach, somebody goes to a new, you know, got to change the culture and build the program. And that starts at the lowest little Remember when Tom Herman went to Texas and everybody was tweeting that he put the signs up in front of the urinal because if your pee is too yellow, it means you're dehydrated. If you're dehydrated, it means you're not doing the things you need to do to be the best possible teammate. Like literally the guy taking a piss was being sent a message, right? right. Like, and that's, that's culture. And that's the culture that I think businesses succeed. It's why like these coaches, you know, these successful basketball and football coaches, Businesses bring them in, pay them a hundred grand, two hundred grand, whatever, to talk to their employees about culture and winning. Yep. You know, we've talked about you know Lombardi's book and the idea that special teams is part of that culture and playing starters on special teams. And so, if you're Bill Belichick and you've built that culture, and I would say, arguably the best culture, the most impressive culture in sports. People point to the Patriot Way, right? It has a name. It's the right. Patriot Way. Why would you do anything that in any way might undermine that? And that would be what we've talked about. Just, we want, actually, but we're not the culture creators. Put Jared Stidham out there. Find out. You have to find out what you've got. Well, at what cost? And I'm not saying the cost of Cam Newton. I'm not even saying the cost of losing a single game mm -hmm. because Stidham sucks. The cost might be kind of your favorite question. What are we doing here? Like, I've been, you know, Veteran players. I've been practicing. Cam's not great, but Cam's a better leader. Cam gives us a better chance to win. We're basically a 500 team with Cam as a starting quarterback. And you're just throwing Jarrett Stidham out there to what? To see if you're going to have him next year? 
well, if I'm a veteran, I might not be here next year. Right. And that was J- Jason Kelsey's point. Like, you just proved, you showed me who you are and what you're doing, and you don't give a rat's ass what I do. So why should I care what I do? Why should I invest in the final three weeks? Correct. And I think that's been the sort of the case all along for not playing Stidham is one of the arguments has been the locker room and what message that would send. And even when we talked about it early in the year, whatever game it was that came was really bad. The Cardinals game was like, why would you switch to Newton after a win? Like, it just didn't make any sense. Like, right. it would send a bad message. And I think that's ultimately why he didn't do it. And also, we can get to it now or a little bit later. Like, what is Stidham? Do the Patriots have confidence in Stidham? What has he shown on the practice field? Does he deserve a chance to even start? Like, if he was having great practices and really showing a lot behind the scenes or whatever, don't you think there'd be more of a case to have him out there and veteran players would see that? Maybe that's not the case. Yes, and, you know, Mike Lombardi sort of alluded to that and talked about that. Um, I thought it was interesting, Teddy Bruschi, who we know Teddy, when he's on our station with the OMF guys, always – still has that ex-player or mentality of looking at it from the player's perspective. And he said that. He said, might there be a couple, I think he termed it, outside receivers who say, yeah, Stidham can throw me a better ball so I can catch a pass and pad my stats, whatever. But are we a better team? Like, is he a better leader than Cam Newton? Does he a better runner, better overall, whatever? And that's a fair question. They may ask that. Now, I think it's also fair for us as outsiders to say, can you get worse play out of the quarterback position? Like, so I'm not saying this isn't worthy of debate or topic. I just think, and you just brought up Stidham. I mean, Belichick and McDaniels have been remarkably consistent in their praise and their um, assessment of Cam Newton being the guy at quarterback, the best option. So I'm sorry. I don't think that's, smoke I don't think they're blowing smoke up our asses I think they still legitimately believe he's the best guy and you combine that with the message it would send to the locker room and the culture I think you have the simple answer of why Cam is our quarterback now do you think if they were to lose this week and officially be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs that changes things it becomes a different discussion but I'll take a quote that Mike Lombardi said like Bill's just focused on winning Bill's future is nine and seven. He's trying to be nine and seven because that's all he can be, his best record. Just like he starts a season, he's trying to be 16 and 0, right? Yeah. After week one, you can't be 16 and 0 anymore if you lost. So now right. what are you trying to be? 15 and 1. Well, Bill's trying to be nine and seven right now. If they lose on Sunday, he'll try to be eight and eight. If they lose the week after that, he'll try to be seven and nine. And I do think he looks at that and it's a we mock the Herm Edwards thing. Hello, you play to win the game. Like, it became sort of a joke yep. because of the way it was delivered, I think, and the way we take it. But it's the truth, too. It's the reality that Bill wants to win every time he takes – now, the weird part about that is when Bill has put Jarrett Stidham in of late, that's waving the white flag on the game, essentially, right? Like, it's saying the game's right. over. So you can quit on a game, but you can't quit on a season kind of thing. And that's where you get into these sort of – there's layers to it. But yep. in the end, I do believe that Bill, the culture, the idea of preparation is the same this week as it was when they were, you know, two and one or whatever. Like it's the same preparation every week. They're trying – same goal, trying to win a game. 
different Stidham like Stidham now as Stidham as the quarterback of the Patriots for the future. What what is it? Is he around next year? I would say yes. Um, could to compete. I don't. I, and, oh wait, what do you mean by next year? Twenty twenty one. Is he is he on the roster? Uh, which date in twenty twenty one? Training camp. Yes, he will be at training camp. I believe. Um, no promises beyond that because whether it's Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, and let's say Mac Jones, or whether it's uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Stidham, and Zach Wilson, let's dream, let's go big. Then I think there's a competition. Then it's, you know, do they keep three quarterbacks? How how does that play out? Multiple guys added to the roster. But, like, right now, why would you not have Jarrett Stidham go to training camp? I would agree. It, the people that say like cut him, whatever, it's it, it makes no sense. Like there's there's no harm in having a third quarter. Uh, you know, they have four quarterbacks in a given year just with practice squad guys, undrafted guys. Why not have a guy that you know could potentially win the job? Like it, there's no harm in doing it. It's not financially hurting you. No, not not at all. And it's very similar to somebody asked me, was it you? I was talking about Nikhil Harry. With is he you know is he worth keeping moving forward and I said he absolutely is and the first time I would ever consider getting rid of Nikhil Harry would be the end of training camp this year if I have added a veteran receiver another receiver a tight end and like I get to training camp and I go wow all these guys are healthy they've had training camp they look good he's not really part of it now can I trade him for a sixth round pick right but when you have guys on rookie deals who, as much as we're critical, Jarrett Stidham has progressed, right? Yes. I mean, it may be like incremental, tiny progression, right. but he's progressed. Right. It used to be every time he's, he came on the field, it was an interception, right? He's, he's gone past that, yes. Okay, so he's progressed. Right. Um, Nikhil Harry has had a little uptick in recent – like those types of guys, you can be disappointed that right. Stidham's not the But there's the no air. harm in keeping them around. No, they're not take even especially like Nikhil Harry. They've decided Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird are the top two receivers. They play the most. They're at the 80, 90%, depending on the game. Then Nikhil Harry plays. So he's not. Do you want to see Isaiah Zuber more? Is he keeping anybody from the field? Like right. No, there's so these young guys that are disappointments are still valuable or good value based on their contracts and what they bring to the team. And you still have upside. Both, I mean. As much as it's a long shot, and it, it's a long shot, would it stun you if, yeah, stun might not be the right word, something greater than stun, would it, that word, greater than stun you if Jarrett Stidham was starting a game next year and threw the ball to Nikhil Harry, who had eight catches for 80 yards? I'm with you. It wouldn't overly stun me, but it's, it, it, could, it could happen. There's a chance that it could happen. Not likely. I'm not saying it's likely. Right. But there's at least a sliver. I mean, the chances of that are similar to the chances they go to the playoffs. Like, it's a 1% or 2% chance, but I wouldn't completely eliminate it. And it's worth having see it potentially play out because it's having it's no cost to you. Right. It's, it's, yeah, there's no downside. You're not, oh, I don't have any salary cap space because Jarrett Stidham's around or because Nikhil. No. So move forward with it. But bringing it back to where we started – they still think Cam Newton gives them the best chance of win. They still think that's the message to send to the locker room, to the culture, to the whatever you want to call it. And I can appreciate that even if I'm not sure 
it is the best thing because I do believe going into the offseason with Jarrett Stidham still a, a, an unknown, having not gotten his shot, is, is not ideal. But maybe, that, maybe they lose this week and then maybe Bill sells. Well, it is over now. We can't make the playoffs. Now we're investing in Jarrett Stidham to find out. Because you know me, I want him to play a whole game. I don't want platoon. I don't want halves. I don't even want it to be against the Jets because that's useless. Yeah. I mean, it's not ideal for him for it to be against the Bills. But, you know, the flip side of that is I keep saying, if he needs to be babied to the point where, oh, he's not ready, he can't do this, well, then he's not your quarterback. You got your answer already if he needs to be babied kid gloves. Right. Um, Do you have any more thoughts on this week specifically, or do you want to get another big picture topic that I want to throw at you? Um, Well, the one thing I would say about this week is it looks – are we going to save predictions for the end? Yeah. Okay. But it looks like on paper you can play it very much the way you played it opening day, right? You – you want to run the ball against a run defense that's not great. They don't run the ball great, so you're not really concerned of, you know, what the Rams did to you and just ran it down your throat. I mean, I know they they activated uh, Brita off COVID. Yeah, but they but still – they have no running backs that you're overly concerned right. So they don't run the ball well. I would also say my guess is Bill Belichick has beaten his defensive front to a pulp over the last – 10 days about fixing the setting the edge issues and run defense problems. And a lot of times over the years when they really fixate on something, you see improvement in that area. So I would expect the run defense will be better. I would expect the Patriots will be able to run the ball, even though Damian Harris was not on the injury report, then popped back up on the injury report. Cam Newton's still not on the injury report, even though who knows, maybe he'll pop back over the injury report too. Um, But yeah, like, to me, this looks like a game they could play on their terms, where they can run the ball, conservative, play, keep the... play from ahead, do dictate the yeah. game. That's as we talked about every game. That that's how they win is if they play the game on their terms. If they fall behind, they're they're screwed. Now, I will also say, they threw a red zone screen pass interception for a touchdown. That was what was it the first time in like years, ten or something. Yeah. So it could also go bad. I don't know. Don't don't blame me. Don't shoot the messenger if it goes bad. Right. But there's reasons to feel good about this game. Oh, yeah. I, I may be picking the Patriots at the end of this podcast. We'll see. Uh, big picture topic. So looking at the team for the future, do you think they have the foundation in place to be, like, back to where they were next year? Or is this, like, a long project? Um, when you say where they were, where they were when? Like, Getting to AFC title games, being in that mix. Um, close to it. I won't say in that mix. The reason I asked you is a year ago they won the division, right? Yeah. But I think we all thought they weren't that good a team. They beat up on bad teams, lost to good teams. Yeah, I'm talking like being within the, the, the class of the, the Chiefs and the Steelers right now. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I think that's too much to ask. A like I just, I'm just looking at the roster, and, and Tom Curran brought it up the other day with Dale and Keith. Just their their core is older guys, guys that are going to be free agents or just high in their 30s. The Julian Edelman, James White, David Andrews, Joe Tooney, Lawrence Sky. Go down the list. Jason McCourty. Like their leaders and core are either going to be free agents or they're in their 30s, high 30s, mid. Yeah. I- See, he sort of termed it that the, the rebuild hasn't really even begun yet. I disagree with that. I think you're in the early stages of the rebuild. I think the first step in that 
was Bill's honest answer to an honest question about the salary cap and they, you know, they're resetting their books and they're going to legitimately have money to work with in the off season. That's the part that I think Karin left out is they're, they have like the third most cap space in the league. And I think that is significant. I would also say, I don't want to be Mr. Homer or whatever, but Damian Harris, Michael Onwenu. Um, but, but are those core franchise caliber players are just like fringe Pro Bowl guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but if you have a bunch of fringe Pro Bowl guys, to me, you have a pretty good team. Now, it, none of this matters if they don't get a quarterback. Right. That, that, that was my next point, yes. But if you tell me, because I think Damian Harris is a 1,000-yard back. I won't say Pro Bowler because I think there's a jump there to like 1,500. He's a guy that you can count on at running back that can build around that's like your guy. Yes, I, I agree with you. Okay, so you have a 1,000-yard a running back. You have still some sem- – like Shaq Mason is still part of the present. Yes. You add on when you – and Isaiah Wynn, we'll see where they go with him in terms of 50-year options and keeping him around. Right. But you have right there – if you keep up those three, you have three core offensive linemen. I would also say the, the Haran playing time would indicate he could be going down the road of being a – a reliable offensive lineman. They like him early. Yep. Um, and then defensively, I think Kyle Duggar is going to be a Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, like I'm, I think there's I'm, potential I'm there. there. J.C. Jackson has at the very least another year. That's what I was going to say. He's he's going to be a restricted free agent, so we have him for at least one more year. After that, who knows? But Right. You're going to have to decide whether you pay him or not. But even the fact that you're considering having to pay him is good. Yes. That tells you he's valuable. It's sort of like Win. Do I think Win has been great? No. The injuries are a major concern. But I'd rather have Win, where I'm wondering if I should pay him, than Harry and Sony Michelle, where I'm not even thinking for a half a second whether I should pay them. Right? My my just thing overall is you you have all this money, but like you need to get a quarterback, a wide receiver, a two multiple wide receivers, a linebacker, probably a, another safety. Probably another defensive lineman. Like, but you're going to draft. You're going to have a higher draft pick than you've had in a while. So theoretically, you know, the dream scenario that I have started to um, lust after or whatever is not I, – I think the quarterback dream scenario might be dead. But the dream scenario for me is Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. Yep. It's, you know, I know – I think he's better than middle-of-the-first-round talent if you compare him to, say, TJ Hawkinson, who went to the Lions in the top ten. Right. Pitts to me could be a dynamic weapon within a year. Like okay. tight ends hard, rookie, whatever. But and there I saw um why am I the the Yahoo mock draft yesterday sort of had my thought. He went in thinking, oh, he's a top 10 talent. And then he mocked it and he was available to the Patriots at 16 because of quarterbacks and guys getting pushed down and just the way it played out. Okay. But if you get him with your first-round pick, okay, tight end, you have him, Asiasi, Keen. Those two guys bump down to roles they might now be more suited for, right? Sure. And now I got to find a wide receiver. Not going to be easy. Wide receivers get overpaid. I don't know if you're drafting him with your second pick. If you're trading for somebody, like, let's not disregard. The best team in your division, the core of their offense was traded for last offseason, right? Stephon Diggs. Yep. So – if you can pull off a trade or a free agent for a wide receiver, okay, you've filled two major needs. Now, I'm not saying wide receiver's done, 
But again, I feel better about wide receiver if Bird and Myers and Harry are vying for complementary roles yeah. rather than Troy Aikman put it perfectly on the broadcast last week. They have, their receivers are playing a spot higher than they should be. He might be wrong in one sense. They might all be two spots higher than they should be, but he was yes. being nice. He couldn't say that. Yeah, the, the idea is accurate. So if you add a great tight end in the draft, if you add a very good wide receiver via free agency or trade, you're well on your way offensively because we just talked about you have the running back, you have the offensive line. Well, where's the quarterback? I don't know. Don't, I mean, why are you going to always be negative? <laughs> well, because you just said at the beginning, it all hinges on the quarterback, and you haven't gotten to that point. And you can't um, pass on the quarterback in the first round of the draft. So, Okay, so I'll play both sides of the street. Cam Newton, everybody tells me his biggest problem is his weapons. Okay, I just made his weapons better. So we'll see if Cam Newton's better. I don't think he will be, but Let's he might be the bridge. Do you, do you believe he'd be better with better weapons? Better, yes. Good. Uh, like, could lead the team to the playoffs better? Well, how about we just work our way up from 31st in passer rating to 22nd or something? Do you think Cam Newton should be, the, the, should be on the roster next year? I don't. I want Ryan Fitzpatrick. I've talked myself into Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he'd be great. If you paired, if you had Ryan Fitzpatrick, a first or second round quarterback, and Jared Stidham, I think you're well on your way to figuring out what you have. Yes, I like that. I like that. And if you have the quarterback, let's just say you got the quarterback either in the second round or you traded back into the first round, but I, but I still want Pitts. If I have Pitts, Fitzpatrick, uh, let's say a free agent wide receiver, and the quarterback of the future I got in the second round, like Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm feeling decent. And I think defensively, if I talk myself into Hightower coming back for one more run. Well, can you do that? I don't know. I can talk myself into anything. It's a podcast. We'll worry about that in the offseason. Okay. Right. But say I talk myself into him, I think that allows Juwan Bentley to slide into a role he's more suited for. Uche and Jennings are now in year two. Winovich is who he is. I still need to add some defensive tackle talent. But sometimes you can add a defensive tackle. Like, no, that's, Lawrence, not, that's not a position where you need to – like, look at Lawrence Guy. That was like exactly. – Yeah. Lawrence Guy. So go find another Lawrence Guy, not um, Bo Allen. I need Lawrence Guy, not Bo Allen. Because um, I think, you know, Bo Allen could have been that guy. He just – he isn't. We haven't seen him at all. Literally haven't seen him. And then the back end, you still have Adrian Phillips. You have Kyle Duggar, right? Like J.C. Jackson, uh, Miles Bryant has come on. Yeah. Joan Williams doesn't do, hasn't done anything, but maybe he ascends to a role if, if McCordy's are out. That's very positive, but hey, I'm just saying You're very positive today. If I am, I'm trying to be. It's the holiday spirit. I got lights everywhere, decoration, Santa Claus. Um, if you if you push like we've been talking about, push some guys down a slot, I think you feel better about the team, but you gotta pick the right guys that push them down a slot. So by and large you disagree that they're not as far away as some people may think. Um, yeah, I, I think people get caught up now. But if you look at it, the opportunities with money, draft picks, they can change well, some things significantly. And you're right in the fact that if you added a number one receiver, no longer is Jacoby Myers viewed as a number one or number two. He's viewed as what he should be. Nikhil Harry is viewed as what he should be. Tamir Bird is what he should be. So people will have different expectations and views on their current players that will benefit them. And the same thing can be said for a number of other positions. Jerron Bentley, you, just, you were down the list. So people's expectations for players they currently have will be different 
and therefore the whole overall outlook is different. And like just the wide receiver example you gave, if if the Seahawks can get DK Metcalf at the end of the second round, why can't you? Like just theoretically, just I don't know. Look at look at the Fox graphic that they showed during the game. I'll throw it up for you. No, I'm just saying. I know. I know. I'm making a joke. If you do that, then I could envision this time next year, it's like late in the year, it's Sunday night football, and we're listening to Chris Collinsworth say, you know, Jacoby Myers isn't flashy, but as this team's third receiver, there's a lot to like. He knows how to get open. Like, if he's in that role, he can't be more than that, but he's one of those guys that'll get talked about. The old days of Gruden grinder when he used to do the games. Like, Mm -hmm. I could see Myers in that type of role. I've honestly – you know, open. I've always liked him. I've always thought he could have a decent role like that. So I just think during the season, here's my guarantee. Yep. The Patriots will be more talented next season. That's fair. I, I would agree. And if you're more talented, there's a decent shot. You're better. Right. So right now we think they lack talent in a lot of places. And they are six and seven, but still technically in the playoff hunt on December 18th. Mm-hmm. I just guaranteed they're going to be more talented next year, which they should be better, which means you should have a better outlook on the season. Yeah, I mean, we, like we talked about it. They've, they've had so many games this year that have gone one play here, one play there. It could be different. If you have better talent, there's a better chance that those one or two plays go your way, and therefore you could be eight and six. Now, the one thing. The secondary is the one area where if you get rid of Gilmore and the McCordys retire, there's a transition there that I'm counting on other areas of the team to be better to make up for what will be a step back in the secondary, right? Yes, you have to acknowledge that some of these things could not play out as you think they could go, and you have to sort of change your direction and other areas to become more important than they were. Like this year, I think the secondary has been good. Linebackers have been lost. Defensive tackle, defensive line has been undermanned and not great. Yep. Okay, so next year I need – the secondary is going to take a step back. But if I get Hightower back and Uche's in year two and Winovich is in year three, maybe the front makes up for the back end. Correct. Okay. I'm being positive. Okay, prediction time. Am I going first or you? You want me to go first? You seem like you're a bit uh, hesitant. Well, I haven't really given it much thought, so you go first. Okay, 24-17 Patriots. Um, the Patriots will not turn the ball over to cost them dearly. I'm not saying they will not turn it over at all, but they will not cost themselves dearly. And I think the Patriots will give Tua some problems. He's a guy, like, under pressure. He's done a nice job with the ball. He's yep. nine touchdowns, one pick. Um, completion percentage is a little low. Yards per attempt a little low. He's got a little check down Charlie to him, short, short passing. Um but I think the Patriots will throw some man, some zone, mix it up, confuse him. The twists up front have been working for them to some degree in the pass rush. So I think they'll have some success in those areas. But more importantly, I think it's what we started with. I think you can run the ball on them. They won't run it on you. You will have long drives. You will control the game. You will play from in front. Don't screw it up. Keep it close. Conservative. 24-17. You come back. 7-7. Seven and seven. Celebrate Christmas. 20 to 17 Patriots, low scoring game, sort of the same thing you said. I think that we've seen over the last couple weeks, they're long, sustained drives. I think Miami's defense is pretty good. I think your defense is going to have a bounce back game. I don't, I believe in the Belichick against rookie quarterbacks thing to us. Probably going to 
throw turn the ball over more than he has. I just think things are trending towards the Patriots in this one. Plus, you're a homer. You picked them to beat the Rams. I did, but I also picked them to beat the Cardinals, and it was right. I'm not saying you're always wrong. I'm just saying you usually pick them to win, even though they don't. They're they're a flip of a coin this year. No, I, I picked them to I picked them to lose against Baltimore. I did too. I picked them to lose against Kansas City. I picked. I, think them, to I picked them to lose against Buffalo. I picked them to lose against the Rams. You picked them against to lose a lot of times this year. I, I don't think they're overly talented. I think Bill's doing a nice job. It's why I was. Talking him up for coach of the year until I was Bob- say, I was just it's kind of funny how we were talking about him last week or two weeks ago being coach of the year and now Well, you know, that dream is dead. Although did you see? Remember when I said who's done more with less? Yeah. And I said Belichick, and then the other guy I promoted in that area was Ron Rivera. Yep. Well, now whoever those people are that send us emails about odds all the time, right? They have Ron Rivera as the favorite to win coach of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, he would be the losingest coach of the year, I think, in history. So Probably. people are, are taking into account everything else other than just wins and losses. So my argument for Bill wasn't as crazy as it may have sounded at the time, even though the loss to the Rams, the bottom fell out. It's over. Right. All right. So we'll, with the 1 o'clock road game, we'll have it Sunday night up right after the game. Mike can listen to it when he brings his kid to school on Monday. And, and huh, I don't think we swore at all in this one. Oh, you did early about Christmas. What? I said Jesus Christ. Yeah, so no F-bombs today. So you it was, swear? No, you didn't. So it was a good, clean, okay. clean yeah. uh, PG-rated podcast. Perfect. Good. All right. So we'll talk to you on Sunday, and then after that will be a bunch of mismatches with radio and all that holiday season. But we'll figure it out, as we always do. As always, because our culture is about getting the job done here at WEEI. Correct. Correct. All right. <laughs> Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you Sunday night. Peace out.